Darren, we'd better turn around. Why? Because I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. We are the things that were and shall be again. What was that film you were watching? Death, death, death. Death, death, death. Part two. Oh, Lord. Fuck the front time, bitch! What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills, and today's guest is the one and only James Hart, vocalist of the metalcore icons, 18 Visions. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to remind you guys to go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all updates on the podcast. And if you'd like to show support for the podcast, you can do so by signing up for the Trashmouth Horror Club for $2 a month over on Patreon. The link for that will be in the description. Thank you guys so much again for your support, and here's this week's interview. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, you got some sweet, uh, sweet memorabilia back there. Hell yeah, thank you, man. Now I've been, uh, yeah. I pretty much pack as much as I can back here. I got some stuff in the living room, but it's mostly just like some extra posters and stuff. Nothing really like collectible wise, you know. Yeah, right on. But plus, I work at a movie theater, so like uh, all the stuff in the living room and stuff is like a lot of like newer movie posters and stuff. Because you know, I've only worked there for like a year, so I just got what's new. But that's still sweet. Hell yeah, that's a sweet no. little. No, definitely, especially with some of the stuff that's come out, you know, like we had a new Halloween come out, new Scream, you know, all that stuff. So and then like X came out, you know, a bunch of good movies, uh, Titan. But so usually before uh, we jump straight into the horror movies, I do like to ask like a few real quick basic questions about, you know, just what you got going on in music right now. You and the rest of the guys in 18 Visions announced the Vanity 20 uh, year anniversary tour. Was that something that you guys always kind of wanted to do when you got back together back in uh, 2017? And, you know, how does it feel revisiting the album after all these years? Yeah, no, man, we... Uh... We had no idea we were going to do this tour. We had been trying to line up dates since late last year for different times of this year, like February, January, February, March, and stuff just kept getting pushed back. Somebody couldn't do this and somebody couldn't do that. So it was really just kind of a pain in the ass. Really hard to put this together with all of our schedules. Mm. You know, me and Keith and our personal schedules and then Josh with Stick to Your Guns, you know, they're always on tour. So just trying to find like pockets that, made sense and then when we when we finally got some dates that were like on hold for us josh had mentioned hey guys i think it's the 20-year anniversary of vanity and we're like no that's next year i think and he's like no it like you know pulled up the uh the vanity record and sent it to us and uh yeah sure shit so he's like it would be cool to do a tour and we're like yeah it would be awesome we've never really explored some of the songs on that record and it's been such a long time um yeah. You know, and the only two songs we've really been playing off that record since we got back together are Vanity and You Broke Like Glass. So, you know, I Don't Mind, Prize Fighter, Fashion Show, all these cool songs, Sonic Death Monkey that we've like haven't played in 20 years. You know, it's 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 been fun kind of like revisiting these these songs. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that uh, for oh, yeah. sure. But it, yeah, it was never never like intended and we kind of blew it on the 20 year for Until the Ink. I think we released that maybe a year or two too early, the reissue of the vinyl, just yeah. not really thinking. And we got the masters to our music back. And so we we're just kind of excited to start like exploring the world of, of releasing vinyl. So yeah. drop the ball on that one. No, I feel you. I definitely would uh, be excited too, though, you know, especially when it's been, you know, it's been so long, you know, you just want to get, and uh, it's kind of a good thing that you did get it out there though, you know, cause with the way that vinyl got backed up, who knows where it would be, you know, if you would have waited a few years. So yeah, it's but, like six months, six yeah. months. Yeah, something like that. 
Yeah, but, it's bad. Oh yeah. But uh and uh with you guys working on that, I'm assuming that you're probably not really working on any new material, just probably trying to revisit that and get you know that in a shape for tour, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's the priority, but me and Keith are kind of always working on music. So oh, yeah. that wheel is always turning for sure. Um, there's never really a period where we're not working on something, whether it's cover album or, you know, a couple years ago, I think we revisited like two of the songs off the Vanity record. You know, we've kind of been exploring that a little bit more. Uh, and then we did like the Inferno EP. We've been trying to, you know, work on some music to follow that up. So it's always, there's always something going on with us musically. Um, yeah. But now that the tour is coming, you know, we kind of have to focus on, you know, the production side of things, the set list, the songs, the merch. Yeah, it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's a lot. All yeah. At once. So that honestly might be something that comes more when you guys are on tour because you'll be together for so long. So it gives you some time to you'll probably be working on music, if I'm not mistaken. Or do you yeah. guys not really work on that on the road as much? Or do you try to like just like worry about, you know, enjoying the? I think now we just kind of want to hang out and enjoy it. We used yeah. to we were out for long stretches, two, three, four months at a time. You know, on the bus, we would definitely, you know, work on stuff like that or in the hotel room. But now Keith has kind of got his thing dialed in. You know, he's kind of doing the, the whole production end for us um, on the side of, of the recording thing. So he's got it dialed, man, where he sends me like really like almost finished top end like demos. And then oh, yeah. I kind of dump it into GarageBand at home tinker with that you know write the melodies and lyrics and then you know we will like you know reconvene together and then properly like demo stuff out and kind of like actually track even while we're demoing you know there might be some some parts that we want to keep and so he saves most of that and then we'll listen down for you know you know a few weeks or you know maybe even a month or so and, and go back and, and change things kind of tweak things while we're working on the next song you know? Hell yeah. That's awesome. And uh, you got, like you mentioned the song uh, Sonic Death Monkey, which is uh, a reference to one of my favorite movies of all time, High Fidelity. Uh, you also have, you know, the River's Edge, uh, you know, sample on, on Vanity and, you know, a couple other movie references. Was that something that you guys, you know, I know you did it in the albums before and, you know, albums since. Was that something that you guys always like wanted to do with your music or did it kind of just come organically with being like uh, movie fans, you know, putting your art out through music? Yeah, definitely movie fans for sure. But in, in the 90s, when we were coming up, there was bands putting uh, samples, you know, before songs, and it just kind of created a vibe. And you know, it was it was just like a cool thing that like, you know, you would hear the sample and you knew what song was coming. And maybe they didn't necessarily tie together with like the music, but it was still like this cool thing. So I think we started, I, I feel like the first thing we ever did was the Lifeless EP. We had a sample from uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. We just thought it sounded like dark and evil and brutal and part where he like stabs across and he's like talking in like either Latin or Romanian, whatever it is. And it's just like really, really dark and it just mm. gives us like cool vibe. And, you know, when we were 16, 17 years old, it was just all about being as dark and evil as possible. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we kind of followed that. I think we had the Devil's Advocate sample on the yesterday's time killed release i'm not sure what else was on that and then we had a few on um until the ink we had the back to the future one obviously the shining one um and it was just kind of like this ongoing theme and i think i feel like vanity might have been the last record we did that on i don't think we had one on obsession i think the label once we were upstream to the major label we were mm. told we weren't allowed to do that anymore so it kind of sucked yeah um, so when we did that one-off with Rise, when we came back in 2017, we were like very clear, like, hey, like we want to do movie samples. Is that going to be cool? 
so yeah, we just, we just threw them in. And now that we're doing everything on our own self-releasing our own music, like we don't really give a shit, so yeah. we'll put whatever on there, you know? Yeah. I'm sure back then at that time, that was when everybody was really worried about, you know, like copyright infringement, you know, with fucking, sure. it wasn't long after, uh, I, I guess it was quite a few years after Metallica sued Napster, but you know, like everybody's just being very like, you know, that's mine. Don't do it. So like, I could see where a, a label would be scared that a movie might come and try to take profit from something, you know, if they found a clip yeah. in it. But when realistically, they don't care about what the music is doing, you know, what this type of music is doing with their samples. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe one thing if it was like a, you know, like a song that was getting like a Drake song that was just fucking quadruple, you know, platinum or something, they might want a chunk of that change. But I'm sure that they're not worried about, you know, breaking, you know, off of your bank, you know. No, they're not even checking. <laughs> yeah so, but especially with the way that you know the streaming places like uh you know not to dive into that hole like i'm just saying the way that streaming places you know don't really pay out anyways they know that that's not really you know yeah like that's not where the profit comes from is not really the music as, as much as like the merch and the touring and stuff so they wouldn't really get as much as they think but either way but uh that's one of my favorite things and that's kind of like a perfect segue you know like into um you know the movies and stuff uh usually my first question when it comes to talking about horror movies is uh what was your relationship with them growing up and uh did it change as all as you got older and you know became an adult yeah i'm trying to think of like one of the first like horror films i saw when I was a kid and like, I wasn't really allowed to watch them when I was younger. I remember like I watched Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, and It's not obviously an, it's an action film, but it gave me nightmares, which today I quite enjoy having nightmares, which is super weird, <laughs> but it's just kind of this like weird, like experience where I know I'm dreaming and I have this like intense thing going on while I'm asleep. And it, it's just, it's a, like a little bit of entertainment while I'm sleeping. It's bizarre. Everybody thinks I'm, weird for saying that but um yeah I kind, of, so, I kind of feel what you're saying though like i don't never thought about it that way but i definitely can see what you're saying just because i have them so few and far between that when i do have them it's almost like whoa that was wild you know at least when i come out of it yeah yeah that's it right there yeah so oh man first one geez I, you know it's probably like you know nightmare on elm street oh, yeah. um you know one of those from the 80s uh, but I think what like what stuck with me the most, the two that stuck with me the most and hit me the hardest were um, The Exorcist Hell yeah. and Texas Chainsaw. You know, I saw those as like an early teenager and they fucked me up. They were, like, <laughs> you know, super, super dark, super sus suspenseful. And I think part of the reason why I gravitated to those films more than some of the slasher films was the the psychological like mind fuck that you kind of got with it mm -hmm. along with like the like when it was filmed like early 70s like it just had this like vibe right like texas chainsaw remake it's cool i'll watch it but i feel like that 70s like cinematography where it's just not as good right um yeah. It just gives, it just puts you, I feel like it puts you there almost. And it like, it's this environment that is a little bit more real, a little bit more intense. So I think as I started to get older, I kind of gravitated more towards those films. So like a newer, newer films that I would like would be like The Witch Hell yeah. or uh, Hereditary, Midsummer. Those ones that are like, they kind of have those like moments of like, brutal like gnarliness yeah but it's more it's more like psychologically fucked and i think i'm more into that realm 
of horror. I do enjoy a good slasher film. I liked all, I like the scream films and yeah. I know it did last summer and you know, those are always fun, but like, I, I don't walk away from those thinking like, Oh, that was a great film. Whereas yeah. some of these ones that have more of a psychological effect on me, I'm more like, wow, that was a really, really good film. And they usually look pretty sick too. Fuck yeah. No, I agree hundred percent. Even though my wall would say differently cause it's caked in like slasher shit. Uh, sure. It's just, you know, there's so much more of the, you know, fun horror movies because they're so, they're few and far between. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's like a ton of great psychological horror films, but those are probably my favorite too. It's just to find a great one is like few and far between. And plus they're not pumping out merch like that because they're so dreadful. Nobody wants a decapitated uh, head from hereditary necklace or anything like that. So it's like, but uh, that's actually uh, one of my favorite movies actually named, uh, we actually not particularly named him after, Ari Aster, but we named our baby Ari just because we really like the name and stuff like that. And we were uh, yeah. trying to think of something. So and it was after the movie came out. But uh, now I'm a huge fan of uh, Hereditary. I put it in my top three and I love The Witch and stuff like that, too. Uh, like you said, it's they always deal with some other kind of like those movies deal with like family grief. And then like Midsummer, you know, has like the breakup like uh, aspect and stuff. And it's so it's always got like uh, something extra on top of like the horror to where like slasher. It's like there's just mindless people hanging out and let's kill them all type thing. So. Yeah, there's just a few more layers to it, you know, and I think yeah. I think I, I like that. And like, you know, in Hereditary connecting, trying to connect the dots, right? Yeah. Um, the little uh, the little nuggets they give you that you don't know are nuggets until you're, you know, maybe halfway through or towards the end of the film. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I definitely agree. But then, uh, like you said, I definitely enjoy like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The original one's definitely more immersive, kind of like a found footage film almost as, you know, it's where like um, the new one feels like a cinematic, you know, it's, just too, it's almost too cinematic, you know, like a Marvel film, you know, like when you watch it, it's like you enjoy it, but you know, it's not real the whole time you're watching it. It's where like Texas Chainsaw, the first one feels like you might be watching something you shouldn't be watching type thing. So. And then the second one with Dennis Hopper, right? Yeah. That's the one that starts like where it's like, you know, it's, it's got its moments, but like, it's more comedic, right? Yeah. It's a little more campy and I, I, I enjoy it. Right. I kind of put that movie in with like devil's rejects and like house of a thousand corpses, oh, yeah. um, you know, where there's like some suspenseful moments and some brutal moments, but there's also that like, you know, that humor that like kind of softens it a, a little bit. Um, I, yeah. didn't, I, I didn't get that with like the first, um, the first Texas Chainsaw. Uh, the Omen's another one too. I, I, I really loved. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now the Omen's one to me that feels like uh, you can almost like, you know, that's one of those films that fits with like the hereditary and like, you know, it's like one of those films of, you know, yesteryear i guess for a better term but uh you know kind of fits in with like uh like uh the omen rosemary's baby the shining those films are like those like psychological ones from like the past you know that really uh stand out for sure but i think the omen is probably one of the most underrated ones because people talk about it um definitely but definitely not as much as i feel like they should you know totally 100 agree with that Oh yeah. And, um, would you, uh, is there any of them that you say, uh, I know you named a ton of them, but is there any of them that you say would stand out as a favorite of all time, or maybe, you know, like a few that sit at the top for you that, uh, you know, just because of, uh, over the years, they've just, you know, been the ones that you've gone back to the most or anything like that. I think the exorcist Thank you. and I saw that reissued in theaters. I feel like it was like the late nineties Yeah. and it came back out in theaters and I, I saw it in theaters again and I had a nightmare like, either the next night or a few nights later where I was like out in like the desert and I'm the one that like faced off against that big, like stone looking like emblem type thing. Yeah. And 
there was like the the coyotes or the wolves around me and i'm trying to run away from the wolves and i, I wrote a song about it and it ended up on the uh, yesterday's time killed called oh, yeah. i think it was like 503 a.m something something i don't god it's uh been so long uh yeah 503 a.m 315 or something which was the time i had woke up woken up mm. i woke up at that at that time and then it was on that date so that's that was kind of the meaning behind the song title but yeah like yeah it had it had a definite impact on me um and even the uh the other films that kind of spawned off that i, I found like interesting as well yeah um, yeah those two i think for me the most the shining's like way up there oh, and yeah. then I, I would put honestly i would put hereditary up there above like even texas chainsaw for me it was yeah. that good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree there. It was the first movie in a long time that I like uh, I sat with the character, you know, like how the brother sits there and deals with the grief of the sister, you know, thing for a minute. You know, I probably sat there like as in shock with my mouth open as long as he sat there, like, yeah. you know, before he started driving. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I think it was the first time I was paused the movie and went to the other room. It was like wife, like my wife's in the other room. She doesn't watch that stuff. So I ran in there. I was like, guess what just happened? <laughs> like, I didn't, like, I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I was watching Midsummer, and my wife was asleep on the couch and she was just kind of like she just kind of passed out on, you know, uh, passed out on me. And she woke up in the middle and she's like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> oh, this is like insane movie. And she's like, like the the music sounds crazy. But then she opened her eyes and it's like really like bright colors. And she's like, you know, talking to her about it the next day. She's like, yeah, whatever you're watching sounded insane. And like. I open my eyes occasionally and it's like bright blue and like pinks and yellows and like a lot of like florals looking colors. And she's like, yeah. I, like, yeah, she's like, no, I was like, you want to watch it? Like it was awesome. She's like, no, I'm going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a hard rewatch too. Cause that beginning is so dreadful, you know, like the way she reacts, like that's one thing about those movies is that they're so good, but the, uh, it's just the performances are so, you know, what makes them so good is like everybody just really, you know, turns it up to 11 for it. So, and yeah. even, you know, even the director and, you know, cinematographer and everything. So, which I love, I love the over the top in it uh, as far as like how, like some of these guys die and some yeah. of like brutal imagery, you know, um, rather than just like, you know, somebody hanging out behind the other side of the wall and like you walk in, they stab you. Right. Like, yeah. You know, I, those things, those graphics and images, um, yeah, I just find so much more interesting. Oh, yeah. When she, uh, in Hereditary, when she decapitates herself with a uh, piano wire, that's one of the best scenes in, like, cinema history in a oh, while. Oh, my God. The decapitations, yeah. Both all of them, yeah. Getting chopped off. Yeah. Same here, especially when they're not just, like, uh, mindless in uh, slasher films. <laughs> yeah, did you see the end of uh, The Northman? Did you see that one yet? Yes, that was awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah 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 i won't uh i won't say exactly what happens for anybody listening because that one's i mean hereditary is new but that's like brand new but no that's yeah. one of my favorites of the year so far is the northman yeah so that was fucking excellent but oh yeah so uh on the back half of the show i like to ask a few uh hypothetical questions you know that mix the music and movies and stuff like that um my first one being uh if you were ever asked to score a horror movie would you want to do so and if so like what kind of horror movie would you want to do if uh, given the option i know that's not usually given an option you know to the composer but uh, would you want to do psychological slasher alien you know yeah gosh you know i would want to do something like bram stoker's dracula which i left out is i mean do we consider that horror oh definitely i mean it's uh you know it's classic horror i mean it's just uh yeah so if i, I then i gotta rewind because if, if i'm considering that horror 
over like just like a really like dark drama based off a novel like mm. that that to me is like that's my favorite i would say i yeah. saw that when i was i saw that as soon as it came out on bhs so i was i was pretty young maybe 12 years old oh, yeah. probably should have been watching it but yeah i've always loved that that's always been my favorite so to score something like that that has like you know i think a little bit of everything some like the drama the intensity the romance um so i, I could be a little bit more i guess eclectic with with how i'm, I'm writing and scoring yeah um, you know, oh I yeah, myself breaking out the violin right now, even though. I don't <laughs> oh yeah, do it on a uh, keyboard violin. It still sounds yeah, the same yeah. nowadays, <laughs> but yeah, basically, all you gotta do is write it and then get somebody else to play it for you. So, hell yeah, no, I love the Dracula film, especially uh, one of the things about that film that always stands out to me is the red suit. You know, the red uh, like armor that he wears is so fucking iconic. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Then he's got like the red like uh, like robe. Yeah. Harker first shows up. That's great. I mean, when he's walking through London in the gray suit uh, and the little round John Lennon glasses, like that's fucking sick. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing just looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that doesn't, uh, that film doesn't get enough credit for is the practical effects, like uh, the makeup, you know, changes in Gary Oldman, you know, like, like you said, you know, when it shows him like just walking through London normal, of course, you know, that's just Gary Oldman, but then, uh, you know, him as Dracula looks amazing. It doesn't even look like makeup. You're just like, who the fuck is this old man? You know what I mean? <laughs> unreal acting performance too like yeah. not nearly enough credit for that not yeah. nearly yeah no definitely a lot of people are always hating on like keanu reeves instead of thinking about the greatness of gary oldman you know what i mean yeah well what? i think keanu reeves is like i mean he's fine for it i think uh you know he's kind of a little bit more right he's 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 dealing with real estate right yeah so he's like a little bit more like prim and proper and maybe a little bit more kind of like naive to that part of the of the country or that part of the world and what's going on around him that it's like he acts a little bit i i, I know he comes across like a little bit point breakish yeah. but um but i feel like yeah i feel like it's all right it never it never bothered me i mean i know it's probably a shitty acting performance but yeah it never really never really bothered me at all no, for me, uh, it never bothered me either. I always saw it as like, uh, I always went into the character being nervous, you know, because the, the character is always dealing with stuff that, like you said, they're young, you know, they're always like uh, dealing with higher ups and stuff. So it's like, even before he goes and deals with Dracula, you know, he's dealing with like higher ups and, you know, like the rich and, you know, those types of people. So it's just, uh, that's uh, definitely one thing that I've always enjoyed. And then uh, the rest of the cast is great too, you know, Anthony Hopkins and, you know, Winona Ryder and stuff. So, but. So uh, my next question, if somebody approached you guys and said, I want to make a music video for, you know, and we can just make it for an upcoming song that we don't have to try to dig through the catalog and pick one. But say like uh, you guys put out a new album and somebody approached you guys and said, I want to make a music video for you, but I want to remake one of your favorite uh, horror films just into a music video uh, featuring you guys. What horror movie would you choose and how would you remake it into a music video? Yeah, that's a good question. So for anyone that missed it, we did a music video for the 2017 release for Underneath My Gun and had Andy Williams from Every Time I Die playing the Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. And they live. Oh, yeah. Um, so we kind of like did a little bit of like uh, of, of that. Wow. Gosh, that's a good question. What movie would I want to do? I'm trying to think of something that's like visually stunning. You know, I think I like the vibe of The Witch. Hell yeah. Out in the woods, in the forest, it's still like metal, right? Mm. There's goats involved, um, black and white, I think would be cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
No, I really like that, uh, like the pilgrim aspect of it, you know, but then just, you know, bringing some horror on top of it as well. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. You just pretty much have you guys building a house, you know, or something like that instead of, you know, a family in that way. It's like a, a reason to put you guys out in the middle of a field. But so uh, my final question usually uh, that I ask all my guests is, do you have a horror story of your own, you know, from uh, over the years of either being on the road with the guys or even just something that was scary as shit that happened to you in your personal life? And if uh, you're a believer in the paranormal, you're more than welcome to share that kind of story as well. Yeah. So we were on tour. I can't remember the year it was. This had to have been between 2001 and 2003. I think we were on tour and we were in Atlanta and this is back when we were like, all the bands were on a budget. We got one hotel room for like eight dudes. So there's yeah. like four in the bed, four on the floors. And our bass player, Mick was down on a payphone. So it's just like, you know, I think we had pagers back then. I think, I don't think we had cell phones. Mm. Um, and he was down on the payphone, came back up to the room and opened the door and somebody's got a gun to the back of his head. Holy shit. Yeah. And basically like he took Mick's wallet out of his pocket and I think he wanted to see what was going on, on inside the room. I think he was going to rob us mm. and saw like seven other dudes sitting in the room, but he, he took the gun and he like waved it around in the room like this. I was in the middle of the room. I, I like jumped over the bed over to the other side of the bed between the far bed and the wall. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of other dudes got right behind the door. Uh, someone I feel like ran into the bathroom and then you had our guitar player, Ken, just sitting there on his laptop in between the two beds like this <laughs> over at the guy and he just stays on his laptop. Yeah. But that was uh, and then the guy just took off, I think, cause he just saw so many of us, but yeah, that was scary. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. That means, uh, yeah, either, you know, like you said, he was just worried about being outnumbered or he might not have even had the gun loaded, you know, hoping just to score off a, you know, unloaded gun or something just to. Right. Totally. Who knows? Uh, yeah. thankfully, I don't think Mick had anything on him. I think maybe like a couple bucks or. Yeah. I mean, it always sucks to lose your ID when you're out of town, but, you know, and shit like that. But uh, yeah. it's still better, you know, that than, you know, worst case scenario type thing. He ends up shooting up the room or whatever. But yeah, nobody needs to take a bullet for that, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. So, anyways, yeah, we of course we switched. Switched hotels, got our money back, left. Um, and then coincidentally enough, a few years later, we were in Atlanta and don't know what happened, but it sounded like somebody was getting murdered downstairs. There's glass breaking, a woman screaming her head off, uh, went outside like later and there was like blood everywhere, um, yeah. broken, broken window from the hotel room. Yeah, didn't really want to get close to that one. Mm. Damn, sounds like Atlanta's not the place to go anymore. <laughs> oh, it is, though. We'll be back there in a couple months, man. Excited. Yeah. yeah. No, hell yeah. No, that's, uh, I have some, uh, not family, but, uh, like, uh, some step family, you know, that lives down there and stuff like that, and they love it. So, I just, uh, I don't, I've only been down there once, and it was back when the movie Grindhouse came out, so whatever year that was, because I've never seen Grindhouse while I was down there, so the whole four-hour-long fucking movie. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that, yep. But, hell Yeah. But, well, I appreciate you for coming on the show, man, and uh, sharing and everything with me. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Appreciate you. Have a good one. All right. Thanks. You too, man. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as I'll be joined by my monthly co-hosts, Travis Bennington and John Wren, as we'll dive into this month's news and reviews by chatting about the headlines and horror news, as well as some movies that we've seen recently. And in honor of the 40th anniversary of The Thing being June 25th, we're going to be chatting about that, you know, just what the film means to us some of our favorite scenes and more. 
So make sure you check back next week for that. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're interested in signing up for the Patreon for $2 a month, the link for that will be in the description. Thank you guys again so much, and stay safe.